Hello, talented noisemakers everywhere. We are back with episode four of the Sombra Amarath podcast. This time around, we are talking about recording on a budget. And this one in specific is going to be for all of you who have not necessarily started your journey into recording yourselves, into becoming a producer, into recording your own tracks, whatever it may be. Those of you who have an interest, want to record your own stuff, and haven't done so yet. This is what this one's going to be about and for. We're going to try to help you out with the best advice that I can possibly give you. Um, But before we get started with the episode, I actually have uh, a couple things to correct from last episode. Uh, Last episode, I I talked about having the bass player from Audio Karate uh, be instrumental in one of my one of my own band's first shows um, when we blew up or browned out or whatever it may have, may have been. We, we destroyed the uh, jacked up speaker system that we had rigged up. Um, uh, this gentleman came to our rescue and allowed us to use his PA system to finish off our show or actually to have our show, period. Um, now what happened was uh, I made a couple mistakes. The first one was on his name and I apologize. Uh, for some reason I, I called him Hustino, which is completely wrong. The, bla- the, the bass player, excuse me, the bass player in audio karate, his name is Justo Gonzalez. That is his name. And he is a wonderful human being who's, uh, very, very nice and, uh, very down to earth. And I'm still very thankful to him to this day. Um, the other thing is I talked about the band as if they were gone. Apparently, uh, at some point in the last couple of years, I completely missed uh, their return, their their reunion. Um, and they've actually put out an EP and an album since. Um, the album you can check out now. It's available on all the streaming services as far as I'm aware. Uh, it's titled Malo. And apparently... It is a continuation of where they left off with Lady Melody, the, the last album uh, that they recorded together prior to this EP and, and this album being put out. Um, so it seems like this album was uh, recorded not long after Lady Melody, but it was not completed. And recently it's been, um, I guess, dis- rediscovered by the band. And uh, it was sent away uh, to get uh, mixed. Um, I understand that one of the members of Rufio, if you guys remember that band from the early 2000s, um, one of their members is responsible for the mixing. Um, In the article that I read, it seems that uh, the gentleman from Rufio uh, took special care to to, uh, keep it as raw and as uh, close to to the recorded material as possible to not try to inject a, any kind of um, outside vibe or sound. And I, I have to say, they did a fantastic job. Uh, if you enjoy Lady Melody, if you've heard it or if you, if you hear it after hearing this podcast and you enjoy that album, go listen to Malo. It, it's a step above. It is such a great album. I've been playing it on repeat. It deserves to be heard over and over again. And, and I'm hoping that 
they will be putting out more music in the near future. Uh, after you do that, uh, you might want to go check out the music video that they did for um, one of the songs on, on that album. Um, I believe it's called Sin Chuchillo. Uh, and it, it is awesome. It's on YouTube. I, I won't spoil it for you. Just go check it out. Again, the album is Malo. The band is Audio Karate. You spell that M-A-L-O. It should be on all the uh, streaming platforms. And and basically, um, they're a pop punk band, but they're they're much more serious than your you know general stereotype of what a punk a pop punk band should sound like. So um, I guess if I had to put it any kind of way, if you if you enjoy the the seriousness and polish of a band like American Football. But you also love the grit and the rawness of a band like Modern Baseball, and you wish that those two things came together. That's, I mean, that's uh, Audio Karate in a nutshell. That's definitely this album in a nutshell. Um, it's like those two things came together and were refined even more. It's a great album. It's totally worth it um, to take a listen, and you're probably going to be hooked. So that's that on that. Um, I have a, a million of these uh, kind of lame claims to fame. Uh, so if you guys would like to to hear some of those stories, I'm more than happy to do an episode on some of my encounters with with people in the industry. Uh, they're usually kind of um, nonsense stories. They're they're kind of fun. They're kind of ridiculous. Uh, some of some of them you can kind of sort of find on my Instagram, and you can of course find me on Instagram as Somber Amrath. You can find me on all social media as Somber Amrath. If I'm not uh, searchable when you search Somber Amrath on something, I just don't exist on that platform. So uh, let me know. Uh, Twitter's probably the easiest way, but you can also hit me up on Instagram. Post it under one of my pictures that you want to hear some of these stories, and I'd be more than happy to share these with you. Um, So let's move on to the point of today's episode, which is getting started with recording on a budget, getting started with uh, trying to make serious recording efforts uh, with next to no money. And I'm someone who completely understands being in this position. It's not easy, and it's where I come from. Again, I've said this in previous episodes, I started with Audacity and a Memorex uh, karaoke mic into my uh, old Sony VAIO laptops um, uh, audio card. Yes, right? Yes. Uh, Sound card, sound card. That's the the terminology for it. Right into my sound card, which is um, not the best way to record, but it did teach me a lot about mic placement and, uh, you know, uh, trying to get the most out of the music you're playing rather than trying to get the most out of the recording later on. So uh, it did teach me a lot of valuable lessons, but we've progressed a lot since the early 2000s and you should use every bit of uh, you know hardware and software available to you, every advantage that you know um, the industry has allotted us in that time, you should uh, capitalize on it as much as you can. And that's only going to further your ability to produce quality recordings. Um, we'll talk more about that in a future episode. I definitely want to talk about this and, and we'll, we'll talk about some of my plans at the end of the episode. But going into, into this, my first point I want to make is that recording on the cheap 
is something that really depends on your situation. There's no one way to uh, address this. There's no one way to deal with it. There's no one way to, to uh, you know, uh, one size fits all uh, method of uh, dealing with this challenge and en- engaging with making your music uh, on your own. Um, everybody's uh, situation is unique and it's going to change how they... Um, how how they how you approach this uh this puzzle the first thing uh i kind of want to to touch on is the fact that if you have an interface versus not having an interface that's definitely going to change what what is uh going to be your approach and these are sort of uh you know general guidelines that i'm going to give you and you're going to have to go from there and do a little experimenting. There's there's no way to to get better without doing some experimenting. And there's no way to figure out what it is you need and what it is that is going to be beneficial to you without doing some experimentation. Um, originally, I wanted this episode to be, you know, titled basically how to record for free. Uh, and I've come to realize that unfortunately, that's just, it's not going to be possible. You're going to have to spend money somewhere. At some point, you're going to spend some amount of money. Um, and even when I look back on my own uh, career in recording, I realized that even at my earliest stage, I I put money into it. Uh, you know, I had the laptop and I had the microphone. There, money was spent there. Uh, I was a kid, so the laptop was bought for me, but I bought that microphone myself. It was like five bucks at the time, but uh, some amount of money went into it. Audacity was free. Um, but again, uh, that, that, those recordings were done on a budget of about five bucks uh, if you, you count what came out of my pocket. But you know, altogether, it was more than that, and there's sort of no way around it. Even with things you already have, there some amount of money has has gone into that. Um, so I moved away from that, and I sort of looked at uh, more mitigation. How how can we cut uh, spending without necessarily cutting corners? And that's what we're going to get into. So the first thing I want to address is someone who has basically nothing. You have your computer, and that's about it, right? Um, and you're really looking into recording, but you have nothing else. So I have some recommendations for you. If you have no interface, nothing else, you maybe have a microphone, whatever. Uh, but you know, uh, aside from that and the computer, you have really nothing else. Um, I would advise that you look into two, uh, uh, different companies for your interface, right? And any one of their interfaces comes with these perks. The first one is Presonus. And the reason why uh, I recommend Presonus is because Presonus does something really cool with uh, with their interfaces. The very first thing is that they give you a very good um, uh, digital audio workstation software, a, a good DAW, and that's their Studio One Artist. When you buy their, their uh their interface, you're going to get that bundled in with it. Uh, and not only do you get Studio One Artist, you're also going to get the Studio Magic Suite. And that's going to come with uh, the Lexicon MXPI Reverb. That's a great plugin. It's sort of a, stri- a slightly stripped down version. It's not even that much of a difference from the, the standard Lexicon MXPX, which I own, by the way. I 
absolutely love that reverb. There are so many options. There's so much you can do with it. It's very tweakable. It's very user-friendly. It's very intuitive. Love it. So you get that. You're also going to get a uh, the Klanghelm SDDR2 tube. That's a sort of um, uh, audio saturator distortion uh, plugin. I love Klanghelm. Uh, you'll probably hear me talk about Klanghelm a whole lot. Uh, it, it seems to be one dude over in Germany who who kind of codes these uh, sort of out of the box plugins, and they're great. This one in particular is 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 one that you have to pay for uh, if if you're not getting it bundled here. Uh, and it, and all his stuff is really good. I would definitely suggest. Um, that if you're looking into some plugins, you're beyond this point, you check out his uh, VUMT uh, plugin. That's a VU plugin. It's a great plugin. I use it on this podcast all the time. Um, check out also his compressors. His compressors are great. I'm using his free compressor on this podcast. We talked about that uh, in one of the previous episodes. I think last episode, I talked about uh, me using the MJUC Jr. And I also have the full version of that, which I use um, as sort of a um, uh, master bus compressor. Amazing. All his stuff is great. Check it out. Uh, You're also going to get Isotope uh, Neutron Elements. Isotope has done a great job with all these elements uh, suites that they put out. It's basically a slightly stripped down version of their their serious stuff, but you can still do some really good work. And Neutron stuff is so great for mixing uh, music. So that's totally awesome. And you'll also get uh, Ableton Live, which if you're you know into EDM, electronic music, that stuff, um, that's going to be uh, probably a more intuitive um, uh, digital audio workstation for you to work with than uh, maybe... Studio One artist. It, it depends. It's it's all flavors, but uh, I've used it a couple times. Uh, it's never really clicked with me, but I can see the benefits that it has, and that it might provide someone who traffics in different genres than I do. Uh, the next one, and this is uh, you know one that I actually own, but that that shouldn't diminish the the presonus. I actually consider the presonus for those reasons uh, prior to getting this. So I recently bought myself a Focusrite 4i4 for this podcast and for recording. I needed something uh, that was plug and play, uh, that I didn't have to plug into the wall, that I could travel with, just something a lot easier. And I needed to be able to uh, use, um, oh, what is that feature called? I'm totally blanking on the feature right now, but it's basically the feature that allows you to record off of your... um, off of your the sounds that are coming into your computer and i'm going to be using that on this podcast maybe even next episode um i'm really having trouble uh remembering that i can bring it up i think if you give me a second it's called loopback that's what it is that's my bad i should <laughs> i should remember this stuff um my my previous um my previous interface the zoom f8 that i was using has the ability to do loopback, but I just, I can never get it to work. Uh, Maybe it it didn't work with Reaper. I'm not entirely sure, but I just couldn't get it to work. So I moved on to Focusrite. It's so much easier with Focusrite. Their their, uh, control software is so awesome, makes everything so easy. Um, But here are some of the perks you're going to get with Focusrite. 
So you're going to get the option to get yourself Pro Tools first, a limited version of Pro Tools uh, that doesn't allow for um, third-party plugins, but you get a pretty nice suite of stuff and it'll be enough for you to be able to work on. Um, I should mention now that the same is true with with uh, Presonus, with their software that you get with um, the, the Studio One artist that you get uh, bundled in. You're not going to have the ability to use uh, third-party plugins, but they provide you a great suite that that's uh, native to them, and along with the other um, plugins that that they offer in the uh, the Studio Magic suite. So you're going to be set with these, even though you're going to be a little bit limited. Um, so aside from Pro Tools, first, uh, Focusrite also has Ableton Live. So uh, Live Light, I should say, both of them are Live Light. So it's not the full version, but it, it is powerful enough for you to get some work done. You're also going to get with uh, Focusrite the Time and Tone Bundle from Softube. Uh, if you're not aware of Softube, uh, you you haven't been listening because <laughs> I talked about them when I talked about free plugins. Uh, Softube is a great company. They do great work. They do good plugins. I talked about the uh, saturation knob, which I use on this podcast. I use uh, on most of my recordings. I love it. it. Just it gives things a little more grit if you want to, a little more push. It depends on how you use it. it it's a great simple uh, plugin, and it's awesome. You're also going to get in that in that uh, uh, bundle. You're going to get the I, I want to say it's called the Drammer. Uh, S73, and that's sort of their like um, uh, uh, mastering plugin, all-in-one mastering plugin. It's pretty simple, but it it does it does do what mastering is about, which is kind of putting that final polish on everything, and it makes it super simple. You just kind of you know click a couple of things, and and you uh, you stick with what you like. Um, super simple, super awesome, great way to get it introduced into. Uh, working on mastering you're also going to get their tube delay it, it's their like little delay plug-in it's very simple to use it also gives uh your sound a little bit of that uh emulated tube sound um which if you like the way that my voice sounds on here then you like a little bit of tube emulation because that's that's what i'm using on here as well uh, i'm not using this particular delay but i am using a a kind of tube emulation uh, that's you know that's a nice plug-in to have uh, it's always good to have a little delay um, sometimes it works better than reverb to use delay sometimes you actually just need delay you need that echoey uh, sound for for something that you're working on you're also going to get the SAR R1 that's sort of the miniaturized version of uh, a bigger reverb uh, plugin that they have I forget exactly what that one's called it's SAR something uh, I might be missing uh, this, some specifics there, but anyway, the, the R1 is robust, even though it's simple, it's a great, it's a great reverb. I love it so much. I was so stoked when I, when I noticed that I was getting this as part of their, their, uh, bundle that they give you, um, because I debated back and forth between getting this, uh, reverb and getting the Lexicon MX, uh, MPX, sorry, MPX. Um, and, Ultimately, Lexicon won because of uh, it was had a lot more features and and I was more used to uh, working on Lexicon stuff. 
Um, so it won out, but this one was, it was tight. It, it was a very close runner up. And now that I have it, I can tell you it's a fantastic reverb. Again, it's a little bit limited, but it's so good. You, you can find usable sounds in it, uh, no matter what you're trying to go for. You're also going to get their red two EQ and their red three compressor, very good EQ, very good compressor. They emulate hardware and they do a really good job of it. Uh, very good to have these kind of, you know, um, uh, a standalone uh, EQ and compressor um, plugins. I personally believe that that's where basically your your uh, your sound, your mix is, is won and lost. It's in the EQ and the compression that you do. Everything else, aside from the the gain staging, obviously that's that's a that's another another thing you want to keep a close eye on. But when we're talking plugins, when we're talking making these little moves, that's where it all kind of comes together. Um, and these are really good plugins to have, so they'll set you up nicely. And again, like I said. Uh, you got Pro Tools first. The cool thing is, even though Pro Tools first uh, does not allow third-party plugins, with this bundle, you get their Focusrite Creative Pack, which includes 12 plugins from Avid's 11 rack. Um, and those are really good plugins uh, that you tend to get uh, when you get Pro Tools. Actually, you always get when you get Pro Tools. They're really good plugins, and they're going to set you up good. You're going to have everything you need there to record um, and you're going to be set. So basically, if you buy these two, um, if you buy these two interfaces, yeah, you'll be paying for the interface, and and they're they're you know depending on what you get, uh, they're pretty much around the hundred dollar and above range, depend depending on what you want. The smaller ones, you're looking at spending between a hundred and you know maybe three or four hundred dollars, depending on what you're getting. Again, how many inputs and and features. Um, I got the 4i4 and that's around the $200 range. But if I were a beginner, and the PreSonus is not much cheaper, to be honest with you, you're, you're in the same ballpark. So um, you, you're, you're kind of, you know, uh, you're kind of splitting hairs here. But uh, the beauty of it, if I were just starting out, I, I now have a robust uh, interface and I, I would have options for a DAW so I don't have to buy a DAW and I have a suite of uh, a plugin so I'm not going to be too worried about that even though I can't get uh, third-party plugins and I believe both of these have avenues to upgrade to their uh, flagship uh, DAWs so then that'll open up uh, the ability to to use third-party plugins for both of these but you're going to be pretty set and and you're going to you're not going to be spending all that much money um you know out the door um obviously you're going to need some other equipment if you don't have a mic you're going to need to spend on mics if you don't have headphones or monitors you're going to need to spend on that most likely uh it all depends on your situation but this is a good way to cut some of the unnecessary expenditure because if you had to buy an interface and DAW and the plugins, you'd be out a lot more money than than just a um, you know a couple hundred bucks. And this is a good way to get set up uh, and going um, on a on a pretty decent uh, price tag. And, and I like these. I mean, most interfaces that you buy, whether it be Behringer, Steinberg. Um, uh, Mackie, 
there's a bunch of other ones. You're going to get uh, some sort of bundle with them. But the thing with Presonus and Focusrite is that what you get is quality and you get uh, the peace of mind of knowing that their stuff is rock solid. I've never had a problem with any Presonus piece of gear that I bought or any Focusrite piece of gear that I bought. Their, their, uh, their, um, their drivers seem to be rock solid. There doesn't seem to be issues there. I've never had any issues. So that's why I recommend these. Although, again, you should do your own investigation and go with what works for you. But these, if you have no idea where to go, these would be my two recommendations if you got no interface and no DAW and, and you're basically starting from scratch. Go with these two. You can't go wrong with them. Just pick what works for you. Take a good look at them, see the layout, and, and see what works best for you. Now, moving on, let's go on to talk about what if you have an interface already? What if you're already rocking an interface, you had something lying around, or what, whatever it may be, whatever the situation is, but you have no DAW? and you have no plugins, uh, where do you go from there? Well, I got a couple of options here that I tested, and I'm going to tell you what my favorite one is at the end, uh, because I got to tell you, the, aside from that one, I didn't like any of these at all. But here's the thing. You got to take that with a grain of salt, because I'm starting to get old <laughs> in this game. I'm, I'm sort of you know, set in my ways. Now, I, I understand this about myself. I can feel it in my bones. So this might not be your experience. Your mileage is definitely going to vary here because I came up uh, with Audacity and then I jumped to Pro Tools and quickly after Pro Tools, I learned Reaper and I was I was done. I was locked in to those three interfaces. I, I understand how they work. I, I configure, configure them to my liking and I get the most out of them. I'm, I'm at home there. So that's, that's the, the situation with those. So you might actually like these and th this is why we're gonna talk about them. So the first one I wanna talk about is Studio One for Prime and Pro Tools first, because they're basically the same situation here. We already talked to them uh, about them before. I wanna go back and just kind of uh, re-emphasize, here's what I don't necessarily like about these, these two um, options, even though they are free and, and they do come from uh, uh, well-known companies that are known for, for producing um, uh, digital audio workstations that are, are very good. Um, what I, they're both decent, but what I don't like is that they're limited. You, you have a limited amount of tracks you're going to be able to work with, and you aren't allowed to bring in third-party plugins. There's no support for them. So that's what I don't like. But in a pinch, these will work very well, and they will be stable. Um, they might be a little more taxing on your system. So if you have an older system, they might not be the best. Uh, Pro Tools and and Studio One seem to require uh, not necessarily a robust system, but they they need a system with a little bit of oomph in it. So if you're working with some older gear, you're gonna maybe want to hold out for some of the the other options on this list. Uh, the other one is the next one I should say is Waveform Free. This one uh, I believe comes from Behringer. It used to be called Traction. I might be wrong there. But I know for a fact Traction stuff was bundled with uh, Behringer. And in my mind, those two things are linked. Uh, and for some reason, I believe they're part of the same company. They might not be, but I'm pretty sure they are. Um, 
And here's the thing. Waveform just seemed a little complicated to me. Uh, everything about it, the setup, the, the, the installing it, the working with it, it didn't seem very intuitive. And of course, again, I'm coming from being very much a Pro Tools person um, and, and working with Pro Tools more than anything. Uh, but I, it just didn't sit right with me. But it is free, like the name suggests, and it's a very uh, robust, free uh, option. And I believe it works on both uh, Windows and Mac, and it might work on Linux. Uh, check that out when you have a, a, a moment. Um, but yeah, again, I, I personally didn't like the layout. It, it didn't work for me, so I I cut that one loose. The next one is Cakewalk, uh, which is, you know, it's been around forever. People know it and they either love it or they hate it. I, I, I've never really seen much in between. No one's ever gone Cakewalk. Yeah, it's meh. Uh, people either really love it or they really hate it. Um, they've been acquired by BandLab. Um, and same thing, same thing as, as Waveform for me. Uh, there was too much going on. There's too much to get started. Uh, I had to jump through. It felt like I was jumping through all these hoops and then it was it was not attractive, it's not intuitive. So I got exasperated and cut it loose. But it's also free. Uh, and, and BandLab is uh, well known for what they do. And you'll you, it's a safe option you'll be fine if you go with this one it's definitely worth a try uh again because it's free uh the next one is uh soundbridge now soundbridge i maybe it was that i was just already done with this process of checking out free options when i got to soundbridge is one of the last ones that i checked out um but i just kind of meh i just i didn't i wasn't feeling it too much and i felt that um, it, it was worth putting in a little coin to get better, uh, a better situation for your workflow, uh, than working with this, but it does support third-party VST. Um, it just didn't feel intuitive to me and I, I, I had to kind of give up on it. Uh, but it's worth checking out again, if you're new to it, it's worth checking out. Um, it's easier to, start with something and and figure it out and become comfortable with it than to come from something else where you're already comfortable into something new. Uh, the next one is Ardor. Uh, that's A-R-D-O-U-R. It's not free. So technically it's not free, but it, it is uh, pretty cheap. So you got two options here. You can pay less than 45 bucks and you'll get the current version and all the updates up until the next major release or you can pay 45 bucks or more and get the same thing plus the next major release which i imagine would include also the updates up until the next major release after that um this one uh, i didn't spend too much time with um it does seem to be very much uh uh a daw that's very similar to reaper um which i find to be very intuitive um, and you get everything you need in it. It looks very robust. I did, again, I didn't spend too much time with it, but it, it's worth checking out. Um, and for the price, if you're really trying to pinch pennies, this might be, uh, probably the best balance between what you're paying and what you're getting. Cause you're getting a whole lot out of this, but, uh, to conclude 
and I'm pretty sure you've already uh, connected the dots here, I would recommend Reaper. Reaper, again, not free, but I absolutely love Reaper as a, a backup to, to my Pro Tools. And honestly, if I didn't have Pro Tools, this would easily be my number one and I would I would use it uh, as a number one without problem. But because I'm so used to Pro Tools, Pro Tools is never gonna not be um, part of my system unless they do something ridiculously dumb and I have to cut them loose. But until that happens, Pro Tools, I'm probably gonna keep coming back to them. I'm definitely gonna keep working with the version that I have now um, for the foreseeable future. Uh, even though at the moment I'm, I'm favoring Reaper because it's easier to launch in and I don't have to do uh, the iLock or anything like that, which is great. Um, anyway, Reaper, not free. Uh, you get to test it for a while, though. They, they give you a while to test it and they do not hinder it in any way. Ardor will. The, the, the free version will go silent every 10 minutes. So it's going to destroy anything you record longer than 10 minutes. So if you're thinking podcast, not so much. Um, Reaper, on the other hand, you'll be able to use it up until that point where it, it is no longer in trial. And then you'll have to decide whether you're going to pay for it or not. And um, the price is actually not bad. If you're not making over 20K a year recording, uh, they just ask that you uh, hand them over 60 bucks and they'll give you a license and it'll cover you for a while. I'm still on my first license with them. Uh, and uh, uh, it's going to be a second before I have to pay them again. Uh, but um, uh, let's see, what else about Reaper? Again, um, you know, the trial goes on forever. And, um, oh yes, it's incredibly customizable. So again, going back to the fact that I'm very much at home with pro, pro tools, one of the best things about Reaper is that people can make skins for it. And I have been using the same, or had been using, I should say the same pro tool skin forever, the Albert C, uh, skin, which is amazing. And I just recently changed over to this other skin that emulates the uh, Pro Tools 12.5 version. And it does wonders because I feel at home, it's very Pro Tools-esque. It doesn't look exactly like Pro Tools, but it's close enough that uh, it's very intuitive for me. And even if it weren't, uh, Reaper in general is very intuitive and it already comes with a couple different versions that you can change from the options menu. Um, and, um, yeah, you can throw on just about any skin you want. You go over to their forum. People are making all kinds of crazy skins. It's awesome. You can put anything you want on it. It's going to make your workflow feel more at home. And that's something that I absolutely love about Reaper. That functionality alone is enough for me to say it's worth the 60 bucks, but it's a completely, uh, stocked, uh, digital audio workstation. There is nothing you could want. Bone stock. It's got everything you need. It comes with its own suite of uh, plugins from Reaper, from the guys that make this stuff. Uh, I, I'm I'm not sure if it's just guys. I have a lot less information about who works for for the manufacturer, but um, I know for a fact that they they give you a bunch a bunch of uh, plugins that you can use right out of the box, so you don't have to be worrying about plugins. But the best part is that you can get uh, support for third party. I'm sorry, you can get, you, you, you get, you, you don't have to do anything extra. 
you already have support for third-party uh, VST plugins, and there's a bunch that are free. Like I mentioned uh, in in previous episode, uh, you can get all this stuff that's free. And of course, I mentioned a couple here that you can get for free as well, like the saturation knob you can get from from SoftTube for free. You can get a bunch of plugins and just drop them in. And I'm doing the same thing. You can get stuff from Klanghelm. There's three plugins over there that you can get for free. I mentioned it in the last episode. I'm mentioning it here. Um, yeah, Reaper is is awesome. Um, it feels intuitive. There's a lot of support. There's a lot of videos over on 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 YouTube that make it super super easy to work with Reaper. So that would be my number one suggestion. But I would definitely re- uh, recommend that you go and and check these out and see what uh, what appeals to you, especially if you're really new to recording, uh, because who knows what's gonna work for you. Reaper might not be uh, the DAW that makes the most sense to you. Every, every, uh, person has their own, uh, preferences and needs, and that's gonna, uh, dictate what you end up using. Um, but those are the ones that I've checked out so far that I know for a fact are free or have, uh, a nice little period, of uh, being able to, to use them for free and don't have such a huge cost. So if you already have an interface, this isn't going to add a whole lot to, to your spending. Um, you know, definitely check these out. Uh, let me know on my Instagram, my Twitter, use the hashtag Sambaramroth and let me know what, what you're thinking, uh, how you're getting along in, in your search for, for some of, uh, this equipment, but, you know, being able to, to use these free, uh, digital audio workstations and, and getting these bundles is going to save you a whole lot of time and money uh, and allow you to jump into your recording process a lot faster. If you've enjoyed our time together today and you would like to support me, you can do so by going to coffee.com forward slash somber amrath. That's ko f i dot c o m forward slash s o m b e r a m a r a t h. You can donate. Uh, coffee to me as it were uh that really helps it it helps uh mitigate the expense of uh paying for um the hosting of this podcast and uh hopefully as as we grow i i can use that uh funding for bigger and better things and to assist you even more in your audio journey today's episode is also brought to you by house of one studios.com house of one studios for all your video editing needs check them out at house of one studios.com okay with the uh commercials out of the way uh which are unfortunately obligatory to be able to do stuff like this um I would like to talk about what is coming soon before I let you go. So now that we've talked about getting yourself situated with a digital audio workstation and an interface and uh, the plugins that you're going to need to get some work done, I want to talk to you about what I want to do coming up. Uh, I've ordered a, a couple pieces of gear that I'm going to need. I've gotten myself a nice little piece of software that is going to allow me to kind of radio it up a little bit and and be able to uh, play play songs uh, while you know we're on here as part of the the show. Just one click and drop it in instead of having to to do edits. So I can do it live as as we uh, as we talk. Um, 
So the first thing that I, I, I want, I'm going to be wanting to talk about moving forward, you know, now that we're sort of coming back into into the the main purpose of of this podcast, which is to sort of guide you through through the process of you know uh, getting started with audio recording and producing, and down the line talking about musicianship and and the, the experiences of being a musician and all that. Um, I want to talk about uh, working with limited gear, uh, and I'm. Uh, I actually recorded a, a song with only the mics on my laptop and and Reaper. It, it's not great, but it's a proof of concept. And I'm probably going to show you that song or at least a snippet of it in the next episode. So we're going to talk about that, making the most out of that little bit of gear you have and how you kind of can squeeze um, the, uh, how you can squeeze the most out of uh, the limited amount of gear that you might be working with. Uh, past that episode, I also want to talk about uh, growing as a recording artist, as a producer, uh, what it entails. You know, it's a lot like uh, anything else, uh, any part of being a musician. The more you do it, the better you get. You grow, you experience things, you bring that into your your craft. Um, and recently, as I was getting ready to come back to this podcast, uh, I happened to stumble across a an album, an acoustic album that I recorded in 2011. And I, I had I'd completely lost these uh these uh these songs for a long time that that disappeared. I didn't know where I put them. I found the the external hard drive that I had stored them on along with the the lyrics and 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 the chords so I might be able to in the future reproduce these use them in some kind of project um and funny enough that we we started the episode talking about lost albums that are being put out into the world um uh with uh with audio karate now we're talking about my own experience um but I tell you that because on that same hard drive uh, I also found recordings for an EP I put out, which you can actually still uh, listen to and get if you go over to the Bandcamp. Uh, the name of that project was Eternal January Days. There's only one uh, album. It's called The End of an Era, and you can check it out. It's not my best work. It was done shortly after uh, that other uh, album that I rediscovered, and it was early on in in my uh, process of becoming a producer um, seriously. But what uh, what I found was that some of the songs off of the first album, the one that never saw the light of day, was never released, were used later in that EP. I took I think two songs out of that and used them in the EP. I don't know. Uh, at this point, I can't recall how that process came about, but it did. And what I noticed when I played them back to back is the growth that I had as one, a musician, and and two, as a producer. I, I had uh, I had sort of modified how I was recording these songs, and it showed in the quality. And then I reflected on the fact that. Since then, uh, I've come a long way, and I, I, I've re- refined my my technique. I've, I've uh, acquired more knowledge. I I work more streamlined, and so I'm gonna want to talk about about that and and what it what it is that you should be doing to help yourself improve. I don't want to give you 
some one-size-fits-all recipe of do this and you're going to get better. I, I want to uh, actually talk about the things that I did, the processes that I went through that uh, Im- helped me improve in my craft so that you may be able to uh, use that as a template for developing your craft and avoiding some of the pitfalls that I didn't know that I was falling into. Again, that is the whole point of this podcast, and that'll be coming up in the next couple of episodes. And again, I still owe you uh, talking about band names and uh, band experiences. Uh, I got uh, some of the members of my past band bands, I should say, ready to uh, jump in on that. So it's going to be awesome, and that's what uh, the loop, uh, the loopback feature, uh, uh, is going to assist in further down the line because as we're still, um, having to physically distance and, um, kind of work, uh, remotely, it's going to be useful to be able to bring in another voice without actually having to have someone in the room with me. Uh, that is all for today. I thank you for listening. I hope you got something out of it. Again, you can find me on all social media platforms by searching Somber Amrath. If you do not find me, I do not exist on that social media platform. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you want me to talk about uh, my lame claims to fame in the music industry uh, by hitting me up on Twitter or Instagram. Those are probably the easiest one. Hashtag Somber Amrath or just at Somber Amrath. I'll get it eventually and I'll see it and I'll make sure that you get some of those stories. Um, They're definitely a lot more fun than uh, blowing up speakers and having to have the bassist, Mr. Justo Gonzalez of Audio Karate, come to the rescue. Uh, again, check out their album Malo. It's on streaming services everywhere and it's bad ass. It's such a great album. Um, I think I might just have to go listen to it again after we call it a day here. So until next time, keep doing your thing and uh, I'll see you soon or rather. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye for now.